Welcome back to the Stuck In My Thoughts podcast. We're here for episode two. As always, I'm your host, Justin Stuckey. And to kick off season two, I have the legendary Coach Leroy Burrell. Coach, run off a few stats. You are a former 12-time world record holder, Olympic gold medalist. When you were in the NCAA, you were a nine-time NCAA All-American. Multiple NCAA records, long jump, 100. Um, just light work. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about your accomplishments just overall in your career as an athlete? Well, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny because when you're in it, you're just doing what you do. Um, but uh, when you when you get a little older and a little, you know, separated from the time when you were active, uh, you you start to think, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, you know, but it, it's I have to separate my my personal experiences as an athlete. You know, from my experiences as as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, because my experiences, you know, it's individual and it oftentimes has very little to do with, uh, you know, my my work and the things I'm trying to do with the athletes that I coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I can refer to it um, and try to build, maybe. You know, help help people try to relate to some of the things that that you go through as an athlete, trying to reach that level. But but really, a lot of my experiences that I utilize in the coaching uh, side of me are the struggles to get there. Yeah, you know, because a lot of athletes look at those uh, you know, athletes look at those accolades, the things that you did, and mm-hmm. they see just the highlights and and. Uh, you know, that's just a small sample of what it takes to, to do it. You know, that's the actual doing part yes, sir. Uh, or the actualization part. But the doing is a lot of, uh, you know, small, minute, difficult, thing, yeah. challenging, you know, frustrating uh, days that you, you go through to get, get to that level. That's what I was going to, like, go to. You've been at the highest of highs when it comes to track and field, but you mm-hmm. also talk about the lowest of lows. You know, sometimes in your career you had injuries and Mm -hmm. a lot of athletes experienced that and Mm -hmm. they also experienced the highs of it Mm -hmm. how did you as an athlete kind of keep that motivation that focus to where even when I'm down I'm still focused on the main thing even when I'm up I'm still humble enough to keep it the main thing Mm -hmm. well you know I I don't I don't think uh you know rarely does one go through a career where they don't have some struggle Mm -hmm. you know be it injury setback difficult loss um you know, it's it's all a part of it, um, and quite honestly, when you when you sign up for almost anything that's worthwhile, you're gonna have to go through some of that. Yeah. And I think that um, you know a lot of athletes struggle with that because they think that it's the fairy tale. You know, mm-hmm. um, they think people just blow up, but really, uh, people any successful person they kind of spark a little bit, smolder, spark, smolder, mm-hmm. smolder, smolder, you know, little, you know, flame pops up, then it dies, yeah. you know, the raindrop hits it, you know, it's it's a lot of that, and to me, that's the thing a lot of people struggle with, because they think it happens in, that that type of success happens instantaneously, but it really doesn't, and and quite honestly, everybody wants that, that, that moment, yeah. you know, but really, it's a whole bunch of little moments, you know, it's a whole lot of daily moments, yeah. it's a whole hourly moments, you know, it's just like dark late at night, wake up in the middle of the night and realize, hey, I need to do it, be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm being honest with yourself, too, because that, that's a big challenge. The truth aspect have. of oh, it, yeah. A lot, a lot of people nowadays are kind of like living a fantasy world, kind of delusional world. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like you talk about like achieving those 
you know, goals and things you set for yourself. But most people, like you said, most people don't go through a career without struggles. Most people don't go through it on, you know, by themselves either. Yeah. And when you were at Houston and in your professional career, you and Carl Lewis were mm-hmm. kind of that duo together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about like, on one side, it's a strong friendship, mm-hmm. a teammate, a brother. Mm-hmm. Then on the opposite side, it's a rivalry, it's yeah. a pet competition. Mm-hmm. How did you balance that? You know, nowadays, you know, you got a lot of a lot of hate amongst peers and things like that. How did you guys balance that to where able you were to continue to push each other, but not in a hating way at all? Well, you know, I think you got to start with a bunch of honesty mm-hmm. first of all, and it's really honest honesty with yourself. Um, like. I had to get to a point where I knew what my, my limitations were. Well, actually, I got to start before that. Like, I wanted to be in an environment uh, where I felt like I could be challenged mm-hmm. to a point where, you know, I could, if, if I could get through that, I'd be among the best in the world. And there wasn't a better situation than that in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an 18-year-old, um, I aspired to find the place where I could reach that goal. So I could have gone to a lot of other places, yeah. um, but I chose to go to Houston, and I wasn't afraid of that. And it never ceased to amaze me how many athletes who came through and visited uh, Houston and recruiting, you know, I mean, because the program was in a really good spot, and we, we were producing a lot of athletes who didn't feel like it was a place for them. For those very reasons, because they wanted to go to a place where they could shine, where they could be the spotlight. Yeah. I was like, if I could be the spotlight on the, you know, highest of stage among the, with the, you know, the best athletes, <laughs> then I know I was going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to shine. Know? Yeah, I was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, my freshman roommate uh, was uh, uh, Joe Deloach, who ended up winning a gold medal on Southern Olympic record in the 200 in Seoul, beat Carl in Seoul mm-hmm. in the 200, and, and, and we came to Houston together. Um, you know, so those, and that was outside of Carl. And then, then I, you know, joined the uh, Santa Monica Track Club with, you know, Carl Lewis, Johnny Gray, Mike Marsh, you know, Steve Lewis. <laughs> goes, you know, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, th- those guys are all amazing guys, but we were all the same mm-hmm. uh, in that we felt like as a collective, we can do greater things for the sport. And that wasn't us. I mean, I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Oddly enough, that was Carl. Yeah. You know, Carl had that division and and had the uh, mindset that, you know, I can bring some people along with me and, and we could all do some great things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carl doesn't get very much credit for that. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he did mentor and support uh, and compete against at the same time a lot of guys. Now, now Carl's a competitor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And and Carl was comfortable enough in his skin to know that hey you know I could, you know take my game, keep my game at one level of practice or one season because Carl had seasons where he really did kind of blew them off he just kind of did his thing yeah but then he had seasons where he was going to raise it to another level, um, and when you have athletes like that uh, in your camp it makes you feel, and understand that if I can thrive and survive this then I can go compete against anybody and so that was comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk about you know wanting to put yourself in that position to where you may not be in the best in the room, and I think nowadays a lot of athletes or just people in general kind of shy away from that competitiveness, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. shy away from um, they want to be the standout. They'd rather be a standout in a mediocre crowd yeah. than an average guy in the best crowd. Yeah, and so I think a lot of people need to kind of change the perspective, change the narrative. Like you want to be the best, got to be around the best. Yeah, and I feel like. Nowadays, that may be a lost art. Why do yeah. you feel like that may be that? 
Uh, I don't know. I, th I think there are a lot of people who think it happens overnight, mm -hmm. you know, and then they can kind of create their own little fantasy. Yeah. And I, I watched a video um, the other night, actually last night, of some YouTube TikTok person <laughs> who who was upset because she was trying to do this video where she walks out to get in her Uber and and people kept walking into her shot. You yeah. know? And I'm like... <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the mindset a lot of people have, you know, so she's like creating this aura that she's really important. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who she is. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing I know about this person is that like she's a knucklehead who thinks mm -hmm. that she has that by creating a shot creates a reality. Mm -hmm. Well, if you if you go about your life doing the things, especially in sport, doing the things that you know will help you get better, and you start to realize and actualize your talent, all the rest of that stuff, you know, the stuff that people that like the fake, the, the fakers, mm -hmm. because that's what I call them, the fake people, yeah. you know, do they, it, it, it starts to, you know, it starts to fall to the wayside. Yeah. You know, and not only that, people who don't really have a good, good bones, you know, mm -hmm. good undergirth of what they believe in and what they do, they tend to fall apart when the pressure mounts. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, so to answer your question, you know, what, what do you, I mean, you got to, the, the formula really hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who are the most real about what they do and why they do it are usually the ones, and they have the most talent, of yeah. course. They're usually the ones that are going to, going to survive that, that, uh, you know, that onslaught of the other stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. The ones who it's it's a little bit fake, it's not quite uh, true, and they haven't really invested enough in themselves physically, emotionally, mentally uh, to survive those moments where you can really doubt yourself and beat yourself, they oftentimes fall. Yeah. And one thing I admire about you and my, what going on, we going on what, eight months? Yeah. Being here eight months since I've been under your leadership, you've always been honest with us, you've always been open with us, and You've always you talk about the journey that each individual, each athlete, each person takes on this journey. And earlier you talked about, you know, athletes and people in general may go through the struggles, may go through the journey of life. Mm -hmm. And you were open with us, um, sharing with us that back in 2021, you lost your son Cameron mm -hmm. to suicide. And you were we were in a mental health meeting. Mm -hmm. How has your perspective on mental health changed since that time to now? Well, you know, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, like, we didn't label things the way they're labeled now. Like, you know, some of the struggle that we, that, that people have, you know, and some of the things that, uh, the demons that you have to fight, like, we didn't, we didn't call that anxiety. We call that, hey, man, you just kind of ban up. You got to yeah. hang in there. Uh, it's going to be difficult. You know, you're not going to win them all. Uh, track is real cruel in that, you know, you can go all year when it's all said and done. Um, even once you get to the highest levels, you go through Olympic year, you go through all said and done, and really, one person at event, is is the man or the woman, mm -hmm. and everybody else is like, oh, whatever. They were there, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. And so uh, that that's that's difficult, but that's that's what we what we sign up for. Um, I think as far as the uh, you know the struggle that a lot of that we go through, we start labeling things, mm -hmm. and in the process of labeling things, you know, then we start to identify, well, this is a problem, well, that's a problem. But a lot of those problems are just life in general, you know. Um, the, life is a competition. 
you know, you step into a classroom, that's a competition. We're competing for the A's, we're comp or we're, we're competing for the slots to go to the best school to get the A's. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and then when the people who get the A's are competing for the best jobs, the best internships. It's all a competition. Uh, and I think the sooner you realize that, the more you you can kind of take some of that that edge, I believe, uh, that comes with the with the mental health aspect, because you got to call. Uh, a struggle, a struggle, a win, a win, you know, a loss, a loss. But you also have to decide that and understand that those things are going to happen. And in the process of those things happening, you got to make decisions. Am I going to pick myself up? I'm going to let it bother me. Or am I going to go back to work? Or, or I'm going to be honest with myself. Maybe I don't have it. Yeah. You know, those are some of the things that you, you have to do. Now, I can't speak to the... To the to the chemistry, you know, the brain chemistry and all the things that come come along with it, but I certainly uh, feel that something's a little different than than it than it used to be, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't like to like to bring up well, well in my day, yeah. But something's different now. Um, I don't know what it is, but something's certainly different, you know. And and I maybe it's born from, you know, the. You know the social environment we have in in athletics and in, in raising our kids. You know, because I grew up in the seventies. In the seventies, everybody was hungry. Yeah. You know? So you know, everybody was skinny and everybody was hungry. Well, now everybody's fat. You know, I shouldn't say that. Everybody's a little bit bigger, bone, a little bigger bit bone. bigger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so you have to be a little sensitive to to things. But when you take the sensitivity of society and you put it in the raw atmosphere of sport, especially a sport like track and field, you know, they're just not very compatible. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, that reality of, you know, the gun goes off or the, or the athletes called up and they've got to do whatever it is in that moment. And it's either you did or you didn't. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to deal with, but I think we have to prepare athletes for that. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and then we have to kind of help them kind of get through that. Uh, when it works, and when it doesn't. And uh, in that whole process, you know, we have to kind of give people a long view of things and really focus more on their journey, you know, the journey of, uh, you know, kind of becoming the person that you want to be athletically and then becoming the person that you want to be as a result of being an athlete. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing we got to get people to focus on. Not everybody's going to blow up. There are very few people going to be as successful as they think they are, mm -hmm. uh, as they think they can be. Um, but those who aren't, you have to get them to realize that, you know, you are a success in your own right. And what are you going to do with that success that you had in the athletic world in the rest of your life? Hmm. Yes, sir. And so as a leader, you know, you, you coached at Houston for numerous years. Now you're here at Auburn. As a leader, you don't get much time to yourself, let mm -hmm. alone. Um, and you don't get much time to, you know, prioritize yourself. How are, how are you doing on that mental health side? Well, I mean, I, I'd say there are times when... Um, when uh, it, it's a bit of a struggle, uh, I, I have to you know, check my my wants and desires. Oftentimes, at the door when I go uh, when I go in the room to try to go work work the track room. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I when I leave that room, you know, I'm usually all about yeah. my my R and R. Uh, Sometimes to a fault. Uh, I, I am. I, when I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, I, I take the time. I rest a bit. Um, my Sundays are usually all at the house with the family, mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know trying to get myself ready to come back out and uh, you know and work with the group. Uh, I could probably do a better job uh, of that, uh, but. You know, all in all, when I'm off, I'm off. You know, trust me. Yeah. If the phone is off, I ain't, you know, yeah. I know I have to answer, but, you know, I, I, when I'm off, I'm off. Trust Prioritizing me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think, you know, especially with the way college athletics is just in general, it's a lot of go, go, go. Yeah. And like you said, it's, life's a competition. Everybody wants to be the best. And from the coach's standpoint, you know, you hear about the coaches that are staying there, what, till 3 a.m. and things like yeah. that. Yeah, but to me, to, that's really more of a myth. Like, that's yeah. it. And, and, and I don't know where where this notion came from you. I got to work 24 hours a day. Ah, no, that's not healthy. You know, yeah. God took a seventh day off, you know? Yeah. And he created the universe. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the gym right there, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and so this notion that you can't, you know, stand down a little bit, I think is foolhardy. Mm-hmm. Got you. I got you. So, talked about your time at Houston, great mm-hmm. times. Now you transition to Auburn. You've been mm-hmm. here eight months. How's that transition been, and what does the vision for you do you have for this program and for the team? Well, I think the transition's been smooth. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that I have uh, an outstanding staff. Uh, I have staff that uh, that has that, that's very accomplished. Uh, a good mixture of athletes. I'm sorry, of coaches who have been here, who understand. Uh, uh, what Auburn's inner working yeah. workings, <clears throat> I should say. Excuse me, and uh, a good um, uh, mixture of staff that has worked the Southeastern Conference and and uh, have uh, had success wherever they've been. Uh, you know, so I, we've got. I think we've got a good balance, um, and I think we have a strong foundation uh, with our director of ops and Scott Duvall, who who like knows everything Auburn. Scott's the goat, man. Shout <laughs> man, out to Scott Duvall. Man, he knows everything <laughs> Auburn, and and can kind of, you know, help us to uh, to navigate uh, some of the things that a new staff would probably you know run afoul of. Yeah. So, uh, so that's great. Um, I mean, just thinking, we've navigated a transition to a new uh, administration here. Uh, and bought in several athletes who are uh, contributing uh, quite uh, quite readily. Uh, you know, we've worked on trying to uh, you know work on the culture here a bit. Um, there were a great group of athletes, uh, including yourself, who are either on the way here or, or who were here. And I think we've got had to change the mindset a little bit of uh, some of those uh, athletes on to, to focus on the team uh, a bit. Uh, and, but we're still a work in progress. Um, it took us a little while to learn uh, uh, learn the athletes, and we're still doing so. Like we, I, 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 I need to know more about Justin Stuckey in competition. Um, coming soon, don't you worry. Coming soon, coming okay. Soon. All right, cool. Well, well, I'm looking forward yes, to it. Yes, sir. Look out of eye But uh, we, we, we're, we're working. Um, but it's still not quite the team that I feel I'd like to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to have a few things in my back pocket, a little bit more depth. Uh, but uh, we're working on it, and and I, I'm excited about our future because I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, in a, in short order here. Yeah, I'm excited about the vision and mm-hmm. what we've got going on here. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, continue to press and then you know continue to just trust in the process, like you said, mm-hmm. and. You come in to somewhere new, there's a new chemistry, new culture. You just got to run with it and learn. Mm-hmm. And 
from you, do you feel like that was difficult to try to change that up? Uh, that was a, a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, you know, there, it's very easy to, to get, get in a comfort zone and stay in a comfort zone as an athlete, you know, where, especially if you enjoyed some level of success, but I mean, I'm trying to reach ultimate success collectively, you know, so that's a, that's a different mindset than, uh, than I think, uh, existed, uh, here, at least in the, in the short term. You know, I mean, there's always been some success here. Yeah. Uh, but I think things got a little bit, you know, a you know, little bit out of whack. Um, and, uh, and there were some, some challenges, I think, uh, <clears throat> that weren't, that kind of put the program in a, in a difficult situation. Then people started kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And so trying to bring all of that back into under one tent, yeah. you know, has been my mindset and my, my uh, mission. Uh, and and I, like I said, I think we're closer uh, then we certainly, we're certainly closer than where we started, but we're no, nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah, we're going to come with it, though. Y'all watch out. We're going to come with it. Auburn U's on the way. Mm-hmm. All right, Coach, on my show, we got this thing called the Dropbox question. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. You keep up with professional track like nobody's business. You're, I, you I out there. Say that. You, <laughs> you focus on it, though. You be out there keeping up just in general. Who... Name three athletes who stand out the most to you right now in track and field, male or female. No, I actually don't keep up with the way no. you think I do. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, uh, um, no, it's kind of funny because I just think I, I look at it com- completely different. I'm not a big name guy. I'm usually a bit of a boy, that 400 hurdler from Norway is pretty good. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that high jumper from Dubai, he's really, he's really, uh, uh, he's really good. No, I'm sorry, cut, Cutter, he's really good. I'm, that's kind of, you know, how, how I look at it, but I'm not a fan, you know. Okay, yeah. So um, I, I think uh, to keep it on this side of the, the Atlantic, um, I wouldn't know a loss done past, past couple years is, is quite impressive. Um, you know, uh, Sydney McLaughlin's, you know, extremely impressive. Yeah, she's impressive. Uh, and um, let's see, who else? Uh, well, shoot, uh, uh, Toby Omasan's had, had one of the most amazing years uh, hurdling that, that I've seen in a long time. Former guest on the uh, show. Shout exactly. out to Toby. Mm-hmm. Yep, shout out to Toby and, and, and volunteer assistant. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So pat myself on the back. Good yeah. job there. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, but track and field's improved a lot. But I will say that... I think a lot of the improvement that we're seeing is due to uh, some of the technology that are, that a lot of athletes have have at their disposal now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's oh, you know, Fred Curley. I mean, what Fred has done has been doing nothing sort of amazing. Yeah, Fred. No, especially too. coming from you know, a guy ran the four hundred in college. Yeah, I, I want to ask you this one. It's not even on the on the sheet, but you talked about the technology. Yeah. If you had the technology that we have today, what is what, well, what do you think? I don't know because I don't like, I don't think about that mm-hmm. honestly uh, because and I know it sounds facetious because I bought it up yeah but like I posted something uh, on, on Twitter you know somebody's all upset about you know the the mile there are more guys who run faster than the mile over the past five years than in the past fifty years mm-hmm. well. You know, some of those guys running on dirt and leather shoes. So, yeah. you know, I mean, do you want you want to, you want to go back to that? No, nobody wants to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, it's like, like it happens in in all other sports. You know, that 
cars in, in, in auto racing, cars are better. You know, mm-hmm. So they move, they run move they faster. Move faster you know? <laughs> and in football, you know, athletes are trained better. So they, it's a much faster game. You know, we, you have video, you have film, you know. And so things have changed. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that realm, you know, you have, uh, in that arena, I should say, you know, you, you have athletes who excelled with whatever technology was at their disposal or whatever equipment was at their disposal at the time. Well, if you're an athlete in, you know, 2023, you have a lot more at your disposal. So those who utilize it to the best uh, and have you, to the best of their ability and have great ability, they're going to excel. You know, but that's happening from top to bottom. The yeah. sport's just better now than it was. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, Coach. Last question, and this is just going to help the future of the show. Mm-hmm. Who should I bring on the show next? Who should you bring on the show next? Throw out some names, just who you think. <laughs> well, you asked some open-ended question, man. From like, I mean, there's, there's a billion people on this. <laughs> Who so, does Coach Burrell have connection to that he feels? Oh, yeah. So, are you trying to say you want to talk to Carl? <laughs> oh, we can have Carl Lewis on the show, but yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah. just Carl I mean, Lewis. It can be anybody. It, um, let's see. Who do I find interesting? You know, I think that uh, you know, I I think it'll be really interesting if you get you could get Max Siegel on the show. You know who Max Eagle is? No, but who? No, he's the exec. He's the CEO of uh, USA Track and Field. I should know that, but now I do. Yeah, you do. Now you know. Now, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> now uh, Mr. Siegel, we're gonna be uh, contacting your people soon. <laughs> uh, I think that would be interesting, um, especially coming from a, a perspective of a developing athlete. You know, who's trying to get to that to that level. Um, I. I to see what to find out what's on the horizon for yeah. an athlete transitioning from college to to the see I don't even call it professional. See, to, what it, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you that one too. What it, what do you define as a pro? Like, well, I don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, because to me, is everybody post collegiate? Uh, yes. Okay. And the, the reason why is there is no guarantee. You know. It's it, 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 the, the guarantee that you may receive is not necessarily based on your performance. It's really an endorsement. If you get a contract with a shoe company, it's not because you'll get it because of your performance, but you're not getting paid because you perform. Yeah. You're getting paid because they signed you. you know? mm, that's true. And if you don't perform any more after that, maybe a, a year, year and a half, whatever, they'll take your money. But if you are, um, if, if you, if you are with a league and there's some collective bargaining and everybody's going to make a certain amount of money, you know, and a certain living for a certain period of time. And there's some guarantee involved, you know, for play. Yeah. You know, that's professional. Okay. You know, to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like how you define that because there is a big, you know, back and forth conversation of what it should be defined as a pro. But I like how you define there needs to be some type of league, some type of, you know, yeah. contractual well, see, revenue across exactly. the board. See, see, the sport, when I was there, I think it was actually closer to professional because, see, when I was competing back in the 90s, you, there were a lot of appearance fees. Mm-hmm. You, you would be show, paid to appear, yeah. and you go do your thing, perform, whatever, and there might be some prize money as well. But now it's all pretty much prize money, and oddly enough, the prize money is about the same as it was 25, 30 years ago. Somebody need to do some work, sound like to me. We got uh, a lot. A lot of work. A lot. 
Yeah, that's, that's some realization right there. Mm-hmm. Coach, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for you know sharing your insight and your perspective on a lot of different topics. We appreciate you having you on. Right. And to all the people watching this, y'all make sure y'all go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see y'all for episode two of season two. We out.